Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I am so excited to continue our study of hell and it is truly so critical that you and I both can speak intelligently about these things so that when we evangelize people, we can speak of this bad news, of this fate that you and I and everyone must escape and there is only one way to escape it through Jesus Christ alone. Before we continue our study, I'd like to offer you a reminder and encouragement in Acts chapter 5. I'm going to be starting in verse 29, and it says, Peter and the other disciples replied. So Peter and the other disciples are addressing the Pharisees here because they are preaching the word of God and the Pharisees are telling them to stop. So Peter and the other disciples replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Amen. So whom God has given to those who obey him. So if you obey God, the Holy Spirit is given to you. So when we read those who obey, we can understand that this is constant obedience. This isn't just Sunday obedience, okay? And this isn't just obedience to the common commands, right? Don't lie, don't kill, right? That's that's very surface level. That's very baby teachings. But obedience to the call of God, not focusing on obedience of what do I need to stop doing but what do i need to start doing to glorify the father amen when the pharisees heard this they were furious and wanted to put them to death so of course the pharisees heard this they heard peter and the other apostles tell them hey we're not listening to you we we better listen to god rather than you so of course they're upset because the pharisees aren't born again they don't understand right so they become very upset they want to put them to death but then this man this pharisee named gamaliel he's a teacher of the law right he knew apostle paul he was honored by all the people he addressed this group of pharisees that wanted to put peter and the other apostles to death and he said men of israel consider carefully which means take heed take this seriously what you intend to do to these men so he's encouraging these other men hey consider your ways think again And here's his reasoning. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, meaning in this case today with Peter and the apostles that you were so mad at that you want to kill... He says, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. So this Pharisee in particular, he was not born again, but he spoke with such wisdom and he's right. He's right. If you try to come against somebody, 
who is carrying out the call of God, you will not win. You will not win. And it's important today, and what I want to encourage you with is to consider your ministry today. Are you taking it seriously? And it's important that our ministry is of God. Now, there's a difference because there's many ministries that can look godly, but it doesn't mean it's God's idea. Amen? It doesn't mean it's God's idea. God has a very high standard, and it's not man who we please. This is the same attitude that we need to have today because we are not carrying out the call of God to please human beings. It's about pleasing God. So it doesn't matter what people say about you. Keep going. Many today are creating their own ministry and they believe it's of God because that's what they're telling themselves. They're deceiving themselves or perhaps somebody else is telling them, hey, this is of God. But what people need to realize that if it's God's ministry, all the ministry will need is God. What I mean is the ministry will thrive through hardships because it's of God and it will remain standing. Despite many people trying to destroy you or your family, your ministry will remain standing because it's God and you will remain standing because it's God's. If we fail to take it seriously, then we put ourselves against God. And I'll say that again. If we fail to take our ministry, to take the call of God seriously, we put ourselves against God. Amen. And today we should be building people up in the Lord rather than your own ministry. Right? It's not about taking their money because the ministry is inside of you. When it's of God, it's inside of you. And no one can steal your ministry. Now I'm not saying that you don't accept people who are touched by God to give to your ministry, but I am saying some ministries are fully functioning and the only way that they remain functioning is if people give money. So they ask for money. That's all they're doing. They're asking for money, turning the ministry into a business. Amen. No one can steal your ministry because God gave you that. It's in you. You are going to present to God one day what you have done and I'm going to do the same. You're going to present the fruits of your labor And where are the fruits now? It's in you. If you're doing these things, it's in you. Do not let it be buried in you. Use it. Use it. If it is by God, it is by his spirit. Right? In Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, you can review that. I'm not going to read it word for word, but it, it says not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Amen? If someone is fighting you, doesn't matter if it's man, if it's witches, demons, they won't be fighting you. They fight God. And if you don't take it seriously, you will be dealt with. So I want to encourage you to take it seriously. The God we serve today is the same God who Moses served. It's the same God who Abraham served, Jonah, Daniel, Nehemiah. It's the same God. So if this was the case back then, it is the same case today. Hallelujah. Continuing in verse 40, his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left and they were rejoicing because they were counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. Amen. God knew they could handle this. And day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. 
And we need to be the same way. Can you imagine so many men wanted to revolt against these apostles? And still they went because they knew they never stopped constant obedience. I also want to remind you of 1 Corinthians. This is where Paul writes, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So Paul isn't saying imitate me because I follow Jesus and am a good example. He's saying copy me copying Christ. So copy Christ. Copy the source. In Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 19. This discusses the cornerstone, which is Jesus. And it reads in verse 19, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows in a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit amen so what we learn here what I want to point out is he meaning Jesus is the foundation and apostles and prophets are in reference to him it's like laying bricks right you have your cornerstone and the rest of the bricks are placed so carefully in reference to the cornerstone when you reference the cornerstone, it's going to fit perfectly. Likewise, if you are not in line with the cornerstone, you're not going to fit and you're going to compromise the foundation. The foundation would become weak because it was not in reference to the cornerstone. So if it was not a fit, it should be laid aside, right? Something's wrong here. Amen. It needs to be changed so that it fits. It's the holy temple that grows when we are in reference to Jesus. So just as a brick must lay according to the cornerstone, we also must be a product of the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Anything less will put us on an unstable foundation. Jesus is the standard. And we don't know who or what to follow unless we follow Christ. So imitate Christ. A way to disciple others is to teach the Jesus teachings. Teach them to obey all things, right? That's what Jesus says. Teach them to obey all things I have taught you. Amen. And this is just an encouragement. With Jesus as your reference, you will not fail. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's dive into our study. This is a study of hell. This is part two. If you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to pause, listen to part one, and come right back. But last week, we were talking about inhabitants of hell, and we zoomed in on Capernaum. We discussed how God said, it shall be more tolerable than Sidon. Why? Because Capernaum did not repent. We also spent time in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said Capernaum was exalted to heaven. But why? Because remember, so many miracles and teachings occurred in this place that Jesus was and still the people saw and they heard and they did not repent. When we don't respond to the word of God, we hear woe. Remember, that's not wow. It's woe, W-O-E. Remember, that's Jesus saying, I feel sorry for you. You have not repented and trouble is coming to you. So who are the inhabitants of hell? It's those who have not repented and demonstrated their repentance. We also spent time talking about the importance of sharing this bad news with others. So what is our topic today? First, we're going to focus on the facts that Jesus shared that there are two fathers. Who are they? Who are the two fathers? I'm going to start by asking some questions. Who's your father? Likewise, who's my father? 
And whose children are we? Of course, we have biological parents, right? We have a mom, a mother, and we have a dad, a father. So if you think of one million children in this world, it's possible that these children could have different fathers, resulting in one million fathers on earth. Wow, but in the spirit, we're not looking at earth, we're looking in the spirit based on what Jesus says, there are only two fathers. So number one, if you were a child of hell, not walking in obedience to the Lord, your father is Satan. And two, if you are walking in obedience in the Lord, constant obedience and fear and trembling and your foundation is God you are a child of Abraham so Abraham is your father I first want to take time to look at what the Bible says about children of hell so let's go to Matthew 23 verse 15 and this is Jesus talking here and I want to highlight why are we looking at Jesus and I want you to always remember that he is the standard He is the cornerstone, right? We just talked about that. We must prioritize the teachings of Jesus because he is the word. Yes, everything else in the word is God breathed, right? And these men and and these parables, they are in the word because Jesus said so. But we want to always prioritize the teachings of Jesus. So in verse 15, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. You know, many think Jesus doesn't speak like this. Many think God is love and that's it. But clearly, he spoke like this. He called the Pharisees, you hypocrites. And then telling them, you put all this effort in and you just convert more sons of hell. Right? So let's read that again. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one, just one person. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Wow. Jesus is saying, again, you work so hard. You're going great lengths just for one, opposed to many. Why wouldn't you get many? Why are you going such great lengths just for one? And one who you don't even teach correctly according to the teachings of Jesus. Jesus is showing that this is a waste of productivity demonstrated by children of hell. It's like today. There is so much effort in the church, in programs, in church concerts, in activities. But the children are still on their way to hell, growing to be crooked. These things are a waste of time energy, money, resources, etc. It's important that you teach one another. You teach the children and the adults what it is to fear the Lord, right? These activities aren't going to save you just like church attendance doesn't save you. So in verse 15, Jesus mentions that children of hell, these are the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They were sons of hell like Capernaum and Bethsaida, which we studied in part one. I also want to take you to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, and I want to read about the sons of Abraham. Starting in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. So just to pause, do you know Zacchaeus? This is a very common story. I know in the United States there is a song that is sung to the little children about Zacchaeus. You come down from that tree because Jesus is going to your house today. That's the song. So usually when you hear Zacchaeus, you can know immediately, oh, he is short, he's a Jew, 
And as we just read, he's the chief tax collector and he's rich, but he was a sinner. He cheated people. Okay. In verse three, and he sought to see who Jesus was. So Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Amen. So he wanted to see Jesus, but could not because that crowd was so thick around Jesus and Zacchaeus was short. The crowd was thick. So he had to climb a tree just to see him. Can you imagine this? This is a man with a reputation of wealth. He's the chief tax collector and he's in a tree, right? It's like seeing the president in a tree. People notice someone with such a position who's in a tree. That's very humbling for others to see. Zacchaeus disposed of his pride and his position just to see Jesus. And if you exalt yourself, what you need to remember is Jesus will bring you down. He will bring you down. And if you humble yourself like this, and you humble yourself before him, God will raise you up and no one can bring you down. So you decide the outcome that you want. Don't worry what people do or say to you because of the efforts you go to see Jesus because God will lift you up in his time. He will lift you up. Why? Because Jesus lives in you. Amen. When you seek God first in all things, Jesus lives in you. Like Joseph. Remember Joseph? He was thrown into a pit and he rose up. Who rose him up? God rose him up. Then he was sold as a slave. Why? Because God said so. And then the wife of the chief lied and accused him of rape. So then Joseph was put into jail all these things. But Joseph rose up again to interpret the dream of the Pharaoh and boom, Joseph became governor. See, look how he was brought up. This is humility and it is about what God wants, not what we want for ourselves. Amen. Let's go back to Zacchaeus. So he's up in the tree. He's looking a bit silly to people, but not to Jesus. Verse five, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down for today. I must stay at your house. Wow. So you see this, when we put effort to see Jesus, he will see us. Jesus looked up. Zacchaeus, come down quickly, Jesus said. Wow. Isn't that so nice for Jesus to know your name? Jesus had never seen or spoken to Zacchaeus before, but of course he's God. He knows all things. Said his name. Don't you want that? I want that. Amen. Verse six. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying they as in the other people, right? They were saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Verse eight. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. What is Zacchaeus doing here? In verse 8, Zacchaeus is repenting, but not just with words, right? He doesn't want to just make it right with words, but with action. Amen. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. So what's awesome is on this day, Zacchaeus was assured of his salvation, not of Zacchaeus' pastor, not of another man, but of Jesus himself, based on the actions, right? Based on what he demonstrated. 
So sons of hell or sons of Abraham, you need to decide. Fiery dumpster where the worms don't die? Or eternity with Jesus Christ, the one who brings salvation to you? You see, Jesus called Zacchaeus by name in the spirit. Zacchaeus repented for his sins and demonstrated that repentance. How did he do that? Half of his goods was going to the poor. He said that and he paid back those who he stole from four times the amount he took. Wow. So demonstrated repentance. Likewise, you and I, we ought to demonstrate repentance in our lives. You know, the word of God speaks of the book of life and only those who have truly repented are listed. The names that are not listed are those who have only prayed a prayer for forgiveness. It is those by their works or service to God that demonstrated their repentance that are going to be listed in the book of life. Those who offered their full life to Jesus. Those who did not make excuses. Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. Again, don't you want that? Those who pray for forgiveness but don't act on that, they don't act and show action that they have repented, meaning they do not dedicate their full life to the Lord, saying everything he says yes to, focusing on what can I be doing more for the Lord rather than what do I need to stop doing so I don't sin. It's, it's a change of mind. When you just pray and you don't act, you remain children of hell. No works. No name in the book of life. These are the people that are constantly saying, Jesus understands that it's not time for that. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, Jesus says, I never knew you. Specifically, he says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So you who do not obey my word, get away from me. I never knew you. Right? So if Jesus didn't know them, they're not going to know you and they're not going to know me unless we demonstrate our repentance through how we live our lives. So there are no other fathers. There's two. There's Satan or Abraham based on the word of God. What makes me belong to Jesus? Is it a prayer of repentance? Attendance at church? Doing good deeds? Maybe donating money to church? Paying my tithes? Or do I belong to Jesus if I can show him works as a product of my true repentance? Because again, Zacchaeus didn't just repent. He changed. He changed. He made it right. He took action. The word of God also says that there is rejoicing in heaven when one soul repents and walks with him. Wow. One soul. We ought to believe unto righteousness that's romans 10 10 and the world gets this verse wrong they pick it apart and they want to omit the part that requires action romans 10 10 says for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made until salvation when you believe unto righteousness that means you are believing until your life is right before the lord there's an action right not just praying but action we need today, the church needs to believe in heaven and hell. You can't just pick one. You can't just pick one. If we believe in one, we must believe in the other. And we must share this with others. Why? Because Jesus taught us about the bad news. Jesus wants us to be knowledgeable in these things. People should be knowledgeable of hell. May we be like Zacchaeus to find all ways to see Jesus. 
It doesn't matter if we look funny to other people. People will see you acting differently and it should not matter. Set yourselves apart to glorify the Lord. And I pray we can all lay whatever it is aside that is keeping us from seeing Jesus. Pray to God that he reveals it to you because we cannot waste any more time in these days. And in those moments where we don't understand what's going on, like in the life of Joseph, right? Listening to God, but all these things are happening to him. He's, he's in a pit and then he's in jail. He's sold as a slave, right? It doesn't make sense. If you feel like you are down, remember that Jesus's thoughts and ways are higher than ours. He knows what he's doing. We just need to respond and be quick, always seeking him. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It and Leave It. God bless you all.